Well, we are on a series through the Gospel of John, and uh, we have been going at a pretty fast pace uh, based on the amount of information that we're trying to tackle, uh, oftentimes uh, covering an entire chapter at a time as we go through trying to get this big picture of, of what John is trying to tell us. How do we get to know who God is uh, through the coming of Jesus, uh, through the writing of John? And so we've, we've been going through this and, and have had just a fascinating journey about who Jesus is and, and who he reveals God to be. Uh, last week, we got to the very low point of the gospel, getting to the betrayal of Judas, uh, this, this turning point in the gospel where, where Judas leaves the light and goes into the night, goes into the darkness. And Jesus concludes that, that time together with Judas leaving with this, this new commandment, this commandment to love one another. And this really launches into his farewell address that is going to take up the next several chapters uh, leading to his arrest. And it's in this farewell address that he is trying to comfort his followers. He's trying to, to tell them what's coming up next, giving them promises of a coming Holy Spirit that will be an advocate, a counselor, a comforter, a friend for them. And he spends this, this long discourse with them, talking to them and preparing them for what's about to come, this arrest of him and this crucifixion and his death and ultimately his resurrection. And so we're going to spend the next three weeks on this discourse. And today I want to do something a little bit different, a little bit, um, just a little bit different. Instead of me preaching the discourse, we're just going to let Jesus preach the discourse. And I'm going to read it from beginning to end. And it will be about 20 minutes of reading. And so I want you to, to settle in and prepare yourself. Remember that John is writing to a, a, a second-generation Christian audience. This is a group of Christians who may not have themselves witnessed Jesus, but they very much believe in Jesus. And because of their belief in Jesus, they're being persecuted. They're being cast out of their synagogues. They are being alienated by friends and family. There, there is great consequence to them choosing to believe in Jesus. And so John is writing this, this discourse just as much for this audience as he is trying to capture these final hours of Jesus. And so you'll see these themes go on throughout the discourse throughout this farewell message. And so I want for, for this morning for you to sit there and imagine that, that we have gathered here as believers in Jesus and someone brings us this writing from the Apostle John and somebody gets up and, write, and reads these words to you and you're hearing it for the very first time. You are being cast out of your synagogues. You are being alienated. You are being persecuted. You are, are losing family and friends because of your belief in Jesus. And someone gets up in front of, of our gathering and reads these words from John. Let's pray together. 
God, we come to your word humbly now and pray that you will speak through these words. I pray that you will, will touch our heart in a new way. And as, as we hear Jesus' words through John, that we will hear words for us. And that these words will give life. That these words will encourage and inspire and challenge us. And so God, as we approach this text, we say, speak to us. Say something to us through the reading of your word now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to start at the end of chapter 13, reviewing a little bit of where we were last week. We're going to be reading through the message, and I want to encourage you to listen with your ears and your heart, not necessarily follow along in the text, but hear these words. When he had left them, Judas had just betrayed him and left. When Judas had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is seen for who he is, and God seen for who he is in him. The moment God is seen in him, God's glory will be on display. In glorifying him, he himself is glorified. Glory all around. Children, I am with you for only a short time longer. You're going to look high and low for me, but just as I told the Jews, I'm telling you, where I go, you are not able to come. Let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you're my disciples. When they see the love you have for each other. Simon Peter asked, Master, just where are you going? Jesus answered, You can't now follow me where I'm going. You will follow me later. Master, said Peter, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Really? You'll lay down your life for me? The truth is that before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way there to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. And you already know the road I'm taking. Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road or the way? And Jesus said, I am the road. I'm the way, also the truth, also the life. And no one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. You've even seen him. Philip said, Master, show us the Father. Then we'll be content. 
You've been with me all this time, Philip, and you still don't understand? To see me is to see the Father. So how can you ask, where is the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The, the words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I don't just make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts each word into a divine act. Believe me. I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works, these signs. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. Because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and where I'm going, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request, in this way, I'll do. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will Talk to the Father, and he'll provide for you another advocate, a counselor, a friend, so that you will always have someone with you. This friend, this advocate, this counselor is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him, doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. At that moment... You will know absolutely that I'm in my Father. And you're in me. And I'm in you. The person who knows my commandments and keeps them, that's who loves me. And the person who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and make myself plain to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said, Master, why is it that you are about to make yourself plain to us, but not to the world? Because a loveless world is a sightless world. If anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word, and my Father will love him. We'll move right into the neighborhood. Not loving me means, to, it means not keeping my words. The message you are hearing isn't mine. It's the message of the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. I don't leave you 
with, I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. You've heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm on my way to the Father because the Father is the goal and the purpose of my life. I've told you this ahead of time, before it happens, so that when it does happen, the confirmation will deepen your faith in me. I'll not be talking with you much more like this because the chief of this godless world is about to attack. But don't worry. He has nothing on me, no claim on me. But so that the world might know how thoroughly I love the Father, I'm carrying out my Father's instructions right down to the last detail. I am the real vine, and the Father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that the branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated. You can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown in the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy. Holy, mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things that I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I have named you friends. 
because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me, remember? I chose you and put you in this world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root commands. Love one another. If you find the godless world is hating you, remember, it got its start hating me. If you lived on the world's terms, the world would love you as one of its own. But since I picked you to live on God's terms and no longer on the world's terms, the world is going to hate you. When that happens, remember this. Servants don't get better treatment than their masters. If they beat on me, they will certainly beat on you. If they did what I told them, they will do what you tell them. They're going to do all these things to you because on the way they treated me, because of the way they treated me, because they don't know the one who sent me. If I hadn't come and told them all this in plain language, it wouldn't be so bad. As it is, they have no excuse. Hate me. Hate my father. It's the same. If I hadn't done what I have done among them, works no one has ever done, they wouldn't be to blame. But they saw the God signs and hated anyway, both me and my father. Interesting, they have verified the truth of their, script, their own scriptures where it is written, they hated me for no good reason. When the advocate I plan to send you from the Father comes, the Spirit of truth issuing from the Father, he will confirm everything about me. You too, from your side, must give your confirming evidence since you are in this with me from the start. I've told you these things to prepare you for rough times ahead. They're going to throw you out of your meeting places. There will even come a time when anyone who kills you will think he's doing God a favor. They will do these things because they never really understood the Father. I've told you these things so that when the time comes and they start in on you, you'll be well warned and ready for them. I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day. But now I'm on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, where are you going? Instead, the, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you. It is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, 
the advocates, the counselor, the friends, the spirits won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he'll expose the errors of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin, that righteousness comes from above, where I am with my Father out of their sight and control. That judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the advocate comes, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen and indeed out of all that I have done and said. He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I've said, He takes from me and delivers to you. In a day or so, you're not going to see me. But then in another day or so, you will see me. And at that point it stirs up a hornet's nest of questions among the disciples. What's he talking about? In a day or so, you're not going to see me, but then in another day or so, you will see me? And then, because I'm on my way to the Father? What is this day or so? We, we don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew they were dying to ask him what he meant. So he said, Are you trying to figure out among yourselves what I meant when I said, in a day or so you're not going to see me, but then in another day or so you will see me? Then fix this firmly in your minds. You're going to be in deep mourning while the godless world throws a party. You'll be sad. Very sad. But your sadness will develop into gladness. When a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out the memory of the pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain. But, but the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy. And it will be a joy no one can rob you from, not rob from you. You'll no longer be so full of questions. This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name. 
according to my will, and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. I've used figures of speech in telling you these things. Soon I'll drop the figures and tell you about the Father in plain language. Then you can make your requests directly to me. In relation to this life, I've revealed to you. I won't continue making requests of the Father on your behalf. I won't need to. Because you've gone out on a limb, committed yourselves to love and trust in me, believing I am directly from the Father. The Father loves you directly. First, I I left the Father and arrived in the world. Now I leave the world and travel to the Father. And so his disciples say, Finally, you're giving it to us straight in plain talk. No more figures of speech. Now we know that you know everything. It all comes together in you. You won't have to put up with our questions anymore. We're convinced you came from God. And Jesus answered, do you finally believe? Do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it, saving your own skins and abandoning me, but I'm not abandoned. The Father is with me. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart. I have conquered the world. Let's stand. Jesus said these things. Then raising his eyes in prayer, he said, Father, it's time. Display the bright splendor of your Son, so the Son, in turn, may show your bright splendor. You put him in charge of everything human, so he might give real and eternal life to all in his charge. And this is the real and eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I glorified you on earth. I'm completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. I spelled out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me, and they were yours in the first place. Then you gave them to me, and they have now done what you said. They now know 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. For the message you gave me, I gave them, and they took it and were convinced that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the God-rejecting world, but for those you gave me, for they are yours by right. Everything mine is yours and yours mine, and my life is on display in them. For I am no longer going to be visible in the world. They'll continue in the world while I return to you. Holy Father, guard them as they pursue this life that you conferred as a gift through me so they can be one heart and mind. As we are one heart and mind, as long as I was with them, I guarded them in the pursuit of the life you gave through me. I even posted a night watch, and not one of them got away except for the rebel bent on destruction. Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't join the world's ways just as I didn't join the world's ways. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me. Because of them and their witness about me, the goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there was ever a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you. And these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them, who you are 
and what you do, and continue to make it known so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. And so these are Jesus' words to his disciples. The ones that will carry on his mission and his prayer for them. His prayer of love, his prayer of compassion, his pleading that we would be united and that we would be in him as he is in us. And so this morning, if you are believing for the first time, you finally get it. I see what God is and what he's doing through Jesus, and I want to confess that belief in him. Then we would love to join with you in in baptism this morning as you make that confession that I believe in Jesus. You are the one who comes from God. And for those of us who have made that confession before, what is God saying to you? As he speaks this farewell address to his disciples, what do you hear? What is he speaking to your heart? What is that advocate, that counselor, that friend convicting you of this morning? We're going to spend some time in prayer, some time in song together this morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. And I pray now that it has touched our hearts and that you have spoken to us. Give us the courage to be obedient to the things you are calling us to. Give us the courage to respond in the way that we've been convicted. Give us ears to hear your message for us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.